Welcome to Conspiracy of Light, a podcast about the ins and outs of Babylon 5. Uh, we're, we're talking about a conspiracy of light, and I'm, I'm talking with Josue Cardona today about the episode Survivors. The 11th episode. episode 11. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. So this is, this, is, um, this is a really great episode to kind of... It's just amazing to me that uh, JMS always manages to bring social issues so close to home so easily. And uh, can we, can we talk about can we, can we talk about the fact that he has a degree in clinical psychology and, not, and we did not know that until I did until not yesterday? know that until this episode because I went and looked up information about survivors and somebody was talking to him or I guess fighting back with him about, you know, what do you know about alcoholism? He says, well, I've got a degree in clinical psychology and I have a lot of family members who have had issues I think I know. And I was like, oh, oh, snap. He's, he's a clinical psychologist. So I was thinking about this, Josue. You, you could really say that JMS really is the epitome of a geek therapist. Yeah, seriously. Oh, I mean, first of all, are we certain? Did we, did we double check? Have we, have we fact checked this? Well, I only, you know, I only looked at his quote on, no, fact checked. Okay. You're making me sound stupid now, but no, I didn't fact check it. But I don't believe that, I, you know, the Lurker's Guide has been out there for a long time. That's where I got the information. And he had, he was, you know, in the first, in the start of Babylon 5, he was having back and forth with people on a regular basis um, to kind of talk about episodes, sometimes before the episode even came out and sometimes after the episode came out. And so the Lurker's Guide collected all that information. You know, like I said, uh, he was involved in a... Um, one of those rec dot something servers where he was talking about the show on a regular basis. Um, so I, I didn't fact check, but I can easily believe it because I've read his comics, I've watched his TV shows, and I know what kind of writer he is, and I know how he brings the psychological dynamics of the characters into view. So even if it's not true, it, it's my pipe dream that it is true, and I, I don't I don't see how it's not, but. Yeah, no, no, I, I trust you. I trust him. <laughs> it's just, it's just so. It, it's I read it on the internet, man. <laughs> it's true. It's got to be true. If it's on the internet, it's got to be true. Um, it's, exactly. it's just, it's just one of those things. It's like you know the actor Ken Jeong. He's a he has a medical degree and he was a doctor for a while, and now he's like a goofy comedian. Yeah. Uh, like he did know. have a doctor show, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a comedian and then, doctor show. Exactly, and then eventually he had Dr. Ken, and it's like, oh, like I'm actually I'm playing a doctor on TV, but I'm actually I have a medical degree. I went to med school. I was a practicing doctor, <laughs> and, right. and and it's just it's it's weird, right? Uh, until he played a doctor on TV, but with JMS, so many things make sense now, right? right? Like, and I don't think that a degree in clinical psychology is required to do the type of thing that he is doing. But the fact that certain topics have been touched in such a way that have gotten us to think and talk about things in a certain way, including like that Superman comic that we that, that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. is just I'm looking at it completely differently now, and I need to I need to talk to JMS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just I don't know. It's it's very exciting. Is, yes. is really it, and. Yeah, I mean it, that's going it blew to blew me away to 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 learn that, and so it, it was an easy belief for me. Yeah, to yeah. accept that uh, JMS was a clinical psychologist, but well, I feel true, stupid that it took us this long to to learn that. Yeah, 
yeah, I agree with that. If true, um, he, it's it's fantastic because it just it kind of plays into. I mean, I already thought this guy was, you know, one of the greatest writers um, out there in terms of just kind of bringing the the things that I'm interested in into into a light that is is clearer for me. You know, I, I've said many times the reason I started a podcast about uh, Babylon Five is because there are so many turning turning moments in the show for me where I'm like. I'm seeing things differently as a result of watching this TV series. And I, I think that's the best a writer could want for, right? To, to change somebody's complete paradigm on their life based on the things that they put in front of the screen. And, you know, just to kind of connect things back to geek therapy just a little bit, you guys were talking about identity this week, which uh, when people listen to this podcast, it won't be this week, but you guys were talking about identity. And one of the things that I was thinking about was the fact that having having a way of talking about things in a new way is really important. Like having new words to define ourselves and having new ways to talk about things yeah. strangely opens all these vistas. And that's what Babylon 5 has done for me in, in many ways. And, and this episode, maybe not life-changing for me in the sense that I, I learned something completely new on this, but it did bring a better understanding maybe to... Um, alcoholism, maybe a little bit. I mean, it's not it's not the best episode on that, but it it uh, there are things that JMS has done with his stories that have helped me to see things in a new light, hmm. a conspiracy of light, if you will. Hmm. <laughs> well, tell me more about that. Tell me more. Maybe you know what about this episode made you feel that way? Made you see something in a different light? Well, so. This is what it comes down to. People are not really tackling really complicated issues like alcoholism and grief on most TV shows, especially not in the 90s. Um, you know, I, I could be wrong. I'm, I'm not, I've not got a pantheon of stuff in front of me where I can look through a catalog and say, hey, this thing did this, this thing did this. And, you know, that's kind of what the Geek Therapy Library is about is trying to find those those spaces in media where we can talk about things really that are really important. Yeah. But... You know, in some sense, we're just setting up for future stuff for this. But when it comes down to dealing with Garibaldi, this person who you've seen so far as kind of a chaotic, loose cannon kind of person, someone who seems to have it all together most of the time. You know, he's, he's kind of he's snappy dresser. He's got kind of uh, a sense about him that kind of he's, he's owning himself. And to see him fall down the rabbit hole uh, in that position... I mean, you've kind of seen the the possibility about it for a while, but to see him in a position where he gets everything take, gets taken from him, pretty much in one fell swoop, everything gets taken from him just because one, just because of one, uh, ac- accusation. Yeah, everything gets taken from him, and he's left to kind of figure out, well, what what do I do now? And uh, it comes down to he crawled back into the bottle because this is the only thing that's left. And that that's so important um, that uh, that we address that because TV shows just don't address that that often. Did I, I don't remember the details, but was he sober for seventeen years? Is that what he said, or was it? I don't remember the the length of time that he was sober, but it was a long time. I mean, yeah. so basically, he went through this situation where one of his best friends. Uh, got killed because of his um, his mistakes 
while being an alcoholic. And then he said, I climbed in the bottle for a very long time and didn't come out for a long time. And so actually I thought, I thought that the friend died because he was, he worked on a planet where everybody was corrupt and he wasn't. And they were after him. Like I didn't think yeah, they were after him, but it was something about what he did that caused a slip up that caused Frank Kimmer to die. N- n- no, 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 no. I think, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think this matters. I think this is this is important to the conversation uh, to to get this right because my understanding was, and I may be wrong, but my understanding was that he was like the straight edge. He was the non-corrupt security person in a corrupt world and the this group had it out for him and so they set it up so that he would die on a particular platform that he was supposed to be working on was the was the death of his friend was was he not there where he was they were going to kill him right they wanted to kill him and he was supposed to be in a in a specific spot are you saying that he wasn't there because he was off drinking or, or are you saying that that was my impression of things okay Okay. Now, now you make me think I maybe need to go back again and watch. I, I've seen it s- several times now, but it doesn't mean I, I got the story quite right. Be- because so. the the reason why I'm I'm asking this specific question is because if his friend died because of his drinking, I believe it has a very different effect on him. On if he was doing the right thing, and his friend died because he was doing the right thing, because. That means that Garibaldi is the type of person that always does the right thing, and alcoholism is a way for him to, you know, like he's an alcoholic and he's used alcohol in the past to cope with yeah. the events of his life versus he was an alcoholic and, and the results of that, like one of the results of that was the death of his friend. And that's not the impression that I got. The impression that I got was that Garibaldi is a good man and people who were not good were after him and his friend died because of it and people just assumed like when when after that happened he started drinking because of because he felt guilty and Liana like shunned him after that and so did the family because they thought that he I don't know. She even told him something like, "Oh, like whenever things get hard, you just run away. You just get drunk and yeah. run away." Yeah. I didn't get the feeling that she blamed the death of her father on him drinking. But now I don't remember the specific details. But I think I think those things matter because we're speaking to the character of Garibaldi. Yes, and I I think this is a chink in his armor. Um, you know, if you if you look at his flashback, he sees Liana when she's very young, and she's saying, drunk again, Uncle Mike? So he clearly had this problem far before uh, Frank died. And yeah. my impression, and, you know, we can both go back and watch and try to make sure that we're both clear on this, but my impression was that Frank died as a result of, of not not caused by Garibaldi, but something about what Garibaldi did related to his drinking, because otherwise the drinking wouldn't have played a part in the story whatsoever. Right? We're 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 seeing, you know, one of the things that Babylon Five does, and I think it's really important, is to it, it's similar to Marvel this way, 
you have these people that are amazing people. They do the right thing when they can, but they also have chinks in their armor, and they also have completely human failings. And I think the benefit is seeing that on the big screen, big screen being TV at this point, seeing that on media allows those people who are facing it to actually have a voice within the media so that they can see themselves. Because if you look at Mike, Mr. Garibaldi, he goes through this process. He does go back to drinking, but he still ends up back on top because he, he manages to show that he is really a good guy. He just turns to drinking when there's nothing left for him to do to cope with the situation. Well, and, and like being an alcoholic is just one part of him, right? And, and Absolutely. And the fact that he spent so many years sober, that's that's a positive thing. You know? That's a testament. And look at what yeah. he did. He's sitting down with Jeff. At, you know, they're talking about Liana when she first comes on to Babylon 5. And he, he looks at the bartender. He says, uh, water, straight up. <laughs> so I'm yeah. like, it's clear from that moment that uh, he's he's gone sober because here he is at a bar. And he's, you know, I don't think we've actually even addressed his drinking in the show up until this point. Um, but it's, it's clear that he's worked very hard to get to the point that he's at, and that it's, it's a matter of feeling like he has nothing. He has to hit bottom in order to go for the alcohol at this point because he knows he has everything to lose. Yeah. And even in that moment, you know, he's just in this bar hiding out. He has just been beat to a pulp. He has no money to his name. The security uh, on Babylon 5 are looking for him, Kimmer's looking for him. She's got it out for him. She wants blood, basically. And he's just sitting at a table, and this guy offers him a drink. And at that point, he's just he's down to the end of his luck. There's yeah. nothing left that he can do at that point. Yeah. And I, I think that was the sort of the impression that Straczynski wanted to give was, here we have someone who's just hit their lowest point. Yeah. And, and here's this- a reality that this, this person is facing. And with so many things going wrong, just the possibility of some sort of comfort or some sort of um, release from what is definitely a horrible day so far. Right. Um, is that pull is very, very strong. Like you said, like that, that previous scene in the bar shows that he was able to be around alcohol and and be okay. It wasn't. Yeah. But, but now... He had to be stripped of everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's having a mini Job moment, moment right? Mm-hmm. He's just, everything's taken from him with just a couple of major events, you know. Uh, Liana comes onto the station with this almost like blood-like vendetta against him. Yeah. And without even any reason to pick him as the, you know, as the traitor that she wanted him to be, she easily jumps on that because of her past with him. I did. I did do a quick Google check, and you were right. the The father seems to have died because of Garibaldi's drinking, and and so even just seeing Liana there is a reminder of something that he feels very guilty about. Oh, absolutely. I mean, her being on the station the soon the moment he hears her name, he's like, "Oh, you can see his face fall. You can see what he goes through, and he was prepared for it, but he wasn't. You know." He, He's already feeling he's feeling terrible about himself. He feels like he caused her to lose her father. Yeah. Yeah. So he plays right into her her delusion that that he's the problem. And yet he's still the most forgiving person when it all comes down to it. Like he could have held a vendetta against her. He could have he could have been very upset with her for 
for putting him down this rabbit hole of being blamed for everything. But instead he said, you know what? It's part of the job. I get it. There were situations in the past that have caused this. I want you to go and have a good life, and I hope I see you again. That's that's the kind of, I mean, you wanted to call attention to Garibaldi's goodness. There it is right there. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I mean, he probably feels he's he's done the worst possible thing he could have done to her already. Right. He did see her as a child. You know, that's probably how he remembers her. And at that moment when her father died. And I think he could have easily gone on a self-martyr streak. Yes, I did it, you know, kind of thing, just to kind of show her that he was willing to take responsibility for it. But I think there's just so much bigger at stake in this particular situation. Because if you're Garibaldi and you're concerned about the ship's security, if it wasn't him and he knows it wasn't him, then something's still going to be happening. I was wondering how much of a sense of duty propelled him through the episode. But for the most part, I think it was... Um, like he was he was trying to clear his name right he never said yeah. oh I have to find out you know I have to protect the president or I have to protect the station I was like no no that's I have a to, good point I have to clear my name and and at the end when he finally found the person like then he then he did his job but his what yeah. was pushing him was to to clear his name because maybe like we've said before and you mentioned identity at the beginning like that's that's who he is you know he's yeah. the security officer he he does the right thing like the the fact that you would attack that and try to take that away from him that that that's definitely a motivator to to clear things up <laughs> especially i'm assuming also it doesn't help that it was liana who was accusing him like that's probably no. the last person in the world who he wants to think even worse of him you know yes um so all of those things i think i think come into play and in a in a powerful way yeah it would have been much easier if it was just a random you know a random you know guy who came on the station to provide security for the president um yeah. that would have been a whole different thing you had to add this uh, little emotional touch of having liana be the one which you know her her value is completely compromised by her emotional scene of Garibaldi, which is uh, yeah terrible. You can see that she's kind of like become this very straight laced person where she's like as uptight as you possibly can be. Yeah. Um, and she's presidential security, so <laughs> as she as she reminded us many times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I am in charge, and you have to follow my directions. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm invoking presidential whatever's yeah <laughs> yeah you work for me now <laughs> oh yeah so we have this story of garibaldi against this backdrop this political backdrop that we we know we're we're constantly dealing with which is you know dealing with home guard <clears throat> well before, with the before president we, coming to the station before before we go to i just want to comment that the episode touches alcoholism from a human perspective yes and it doesn't touch it in a sci-fi way or in an alien way whatsoever it was a human dealing with like and we saw his alcoholism and it was i don't know i, I think that that's worth pointing out because well because it easily could have been londo or or jakar or something or it could have been a different alien with that was addicted to you know to jelly beans or something like that you know <laughs> sure yeah like, because sci-fi will will do that and we, we've already talked about different examples in the show where it's touching a particular topic and maybe it looks at it 
and and that's like great sci-fi does that right it'll, it'll talk about yeah. a real that that's what star trek was so good at it would talk about real world issues but it would talk about them in a way that wasn't in your face it wasn't direct they wouldn't use the words it was all metaphor but there was there was none of that here no this was definitely just straight on this is alcoholism mm-hmm. deal with it <laughs> yeah a human from earth this right is it. yeah dealing with alcoholism that yeah it's, it's it's a good point because sometimes sci-fi does try to you know like if you look at the jim hadar in uh in deep space nine mm-hmm. you know and and uh what was the drug that they used i forgot yeah keta white something like that i can't that's sad that i can't remember because it's 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 a really important thing but they yeah. were addicted to well they, they had a physical substance. dependency like if they were disconnected yeah. from it they would die they would, the yeah, withdrawal exactly. was so bad. Yeah. I was going to say ketamine white, but I know that's not right because ketamine's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Science fiction tries to go away from the re- the reality, and this one just hit the reality head on. In fact, really, this wasn't a very science fiction episode except for the setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it could have been done anywhere. Exactly. You could have done the same thing uh, on Earth in yeah. the 21st century. Yep. And... Um, you know, uh, Air Force One would be the ship, and uh, you know that lands the president, kind of thing. So it it could easily there. There's not much here that's different except for just the dressing of the thing. We didn't deal with any hard science fiction in this episode. Yeah, that I can think of right nope. now. The most science fiction thing to happen here is that there's a president named Luis Santiago. <laughs> 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 which yes, which we've mentioned many times. And we've never seen. So no, there was not. a moment when I thought when Earth Force One uh, arrived, I actually thought that they would kill him off. Like that the bombs would go off and he might die. Because yeah. I figured, how is it possible they haven't, like there's no actor, there's no face for this person yet. They're probably just going to kill him off, like not bother even hiring someone to be him. <laughs> to just So he's probably going to die. But he didn't. And he's still alive. And we still haven't seen the president. No nope. Earth. No, they made. Uh, it, it seemed like they did not want the camera on that for some reason. But you know, we know that he's coming to the station because number one, he's a friend of Babylon Five. He believes in the Babylon Five mission, and he's there to talk about his new immigration policy. Which, from all accounts, he looks like a pro-immigration person, someone who is open to alien immigration to Earth, someone who is is representing that side of the argument. Which is and why Home Guard wanted to exactly. take him out. Because yeah. Home Guard is, you know, it's a faction that does not want alien incursion onto the planet. So they want to the make most, Earth great again. That's the most again. sci-fi piece in that, but that's not really part of this episode. Is that sort of like taking the step away and saying that here's here's an example of something that's already happening on Earth, actually in America and our time. And we're just stretching it to a different level. Yeah. You know, we've talked about that before. Home Guard wants to make Earth great again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. That's that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and it was funny the way that the news reporter was like, you know, President Luis Santiago had a great visit. (laughs) Yeah. We we missed the whole thing. I mean, don't, don't tell me, but I'm 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 guessing that eventually they'll hire an actor for this person who seems to be very important. But I just I just think it's weird. The fine we we've talked about him in the past, but now 
he was there and we didn't see him. <laughs> that was kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we didn't see much. Uh, we did see that uh, B5 got uh, a new squadron of ships. New fighters that they should have gotten Zeta two wing. years ago, but they didn't. Yeah, exactly. And they need to be retrofitted in a record time by <laughs> workers who don't get paid enough and aren't trained to do the job. There was some critique yeah. of government there, <laughs> of government Absolutely. bureaucracy. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think they, they do that a lot on Babylon 5, too. They, they critique the current state of things. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and spoiler again, for what's going up, actually. Yeah, and they're they're military. They they know, you know, that's that's your life for the most part. I mean, you know, it's like we never have what we need, we never have enough, and nothing's good enough, right? That that we do either. So, uh, it's a tough it's a tough spot. But that was that was another part of the episode that kind of um, stood out to me was kind of like the reminder that. This is a military operation, and mm-hmm. a lot of people pulling rank, and you know a lot of uh, preparation for for the arrival of the the president. Like there was, there were all these things um, that don't always play out that way because we see a lot of the politics from from like a an intergalactic perspective, right? Where it's yeah. like, oh, Sinclair. You know, like he speaks for Earth, but unless he can't talk to him, you know, and then he's like, you know, trying to figure things out with the council and there's all these other things going on. But this episode was like, no, like I outrank you because the president is this and, and this is a an Earth operation and we're all military. And, you know, Ivanova stepped up and, and everybody was pulling rank left and right. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was interesting. There's some clear solidarity in the station, though, because Ivanova, you know, pretty much she'll do whatever whatever it is that Jeff wants her to do to try to keep things uh, moving in the direction that Jeff wants them to move. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's no question in her mind whether or not she should do whatever diagnostic that she did that caused the, the communications on, on Babylon 5 to go down at the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, they, they seem to have complete confidence in Garibaldi. There was never a moment where they were like, but what if it's true? Even when, you know, he was using Centauri credits to to buy stuff after he had been (laughs) accused of having Centauri credits, they were still, like, they looked at each other, but it wasn't like, maybe he's guilty? It was more like, come on, (laughs) get out of here. No, I mean, you've set up Garibaldi to be the straight-laced person, so Jeff is, uh, you know, Garibaldi is many things, but he's not a crook, you know, or not a bad guy, or whatever it was that Jeff said. Um yeah, so they stood by him. I mean, Jeff knew exactly what to do to take care of his friend, um, which is amazing because he's he's the only person he he and Ivanova are the only people that stood by. Well, no, okay. so 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 Londo stood by him. That was what I was going to ask you. Do you believe in? Do you believe that Londo was genuine in in the things that he said? He was like, "You and I are similar. We're both the odd man out." And, yeah. you know, we need to stick together. And, and he gave him the Centauri credits, which made him look worse. <laughs> and he also gave True. him information to accuse Jakar when I have no doubt that Jakar had nothing to do with it. I mean, we know. But at the moment, I was like, there's no way that Londo would accuse um, Jakar for any other reason than to accuse Jakar. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it's just it's just a yeah. So maybe it's a convenient moment, but I, I also think that he cares about Garibaldi. Okay, you think you think he was honest in the. You know, no one is as as Jakar says. No one is ever what they seem. But Londo, I think, has a special place in his heart for Garibaldi. Okay, I mean, we have seen. I, them I think Garibaldi out. has that same special place for Londo in his heart. You know, they they're looking at each other. They odd man out is a strange way to explain it, but they are too, They definitely have some similarities. Um, and we've seen them hanging know, out before, right? And Londo's a wine, women, and song kind of guy. Um. And I think Garibaldi is that sometimes. He's just like the, like Londo's more the Loki to his uh, his Thor almost. They're definitely not a, a Quark and Otto uh, pairing. <laughs> no, it's not but, Quark and Odo. That's a but but Odo is like he's the security officer too. So is yeah. Garibaldi, and you know there's there's something there. There's some similarities there. Another but, similarity uh, between Babylon Five and, <laughs> and Space Nine. Only because we made it so. I don't know. I mean, so there's a bridge on both stations. <gasps> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think you're. I think. I think Londo has a real soft place. But of course, any chance that he has to rub it in into Jakar's face, he will. Okay. Yeah. And Jakar's yeah, yeah, yeah. just a conniving ass in this situation you know he's like oh we'd, we'd take you to our planet we'd do something with you we'd alter your your appearance i i like this isn't the first time where he's just very very transparent <laughs> he's like actually this is a great situation for the narn empire <laughs> why don't you come with <laughs> exactly. us we can get tons of information we could probably end up destroying earth just come with us <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of potential in this in this arrangement. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a little Machiavellian when it comes down to it. They both are, for that matter. But yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that was good to 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 see them, even if just for a second. Yeah, we didn't make a difference, but just um, to remind you, they're still on the station. Yeah, because <laughs> otherwise, it's it's almost com- well, it's not almost completely a a human episode because you also have um most of the aliens play the part besides the you know main character aliens most of the aliens play the part of antagonists in this you know you've got the the guy that Garibaldi loses it on mm-hmm. yeah and he's losing it because he's just dealt with the situation with Liana mm-hmm. yeah. um but he, he really let his emotion flow <laughs> on that guy he's about to beat him to a pulp yeah uh we saw and, Narth. uh then you saw the the drazi just basically jump down out of nowhere and start beating the heck out of Garibaldi. Yeah, yeah. We we saw, yeah, we saw. Uh, what is his name again? North, isn't it North? North. Uh, North. No. No. The praying mantis. You know, it's sad that we've forgotten. We've forgotten his name. It's not North. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm sure. Grath. 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 We saw Grath. Nagrath. Is that See? right? Nagrath sounds right. <laughs> we were both we were both we're, we're the we're right letters. It. Yep, yep, yep. Nars Mr. Grath Nagrath. Nug- See, it Nug-Grath. was had to put them together. We did it. Yep. We did it. What a team. <laughs> yes, we saw Nagrath for a moment, but he's like, You are police, I'm not going to do anything to help you. But you're police? <laughs> yeah. But I can pay you. Still police. <laughs> 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 that was good. 
Um, and then at the bar too, there were a couple of aliens. Yeah. One. Well, there's the one that he sits down with who who he takes the hat to. Yeah. Who who who's the one that rats him out? And then there's yeah. the other one next to him who passes out and the like faints, like passes out into the food. Yep. Yeah. So the, so we saw a few aliens. We didn't we didn't yeah. need Londo and Jakar, but it's always nice to see them. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do like that exchange between him and the guy with the hat. He puts a hat back on. He's like, you know, one hat. How about Greek instead? Yeah. You almost think it's set up because it's just such an easy thing at that point to give Garibaldi a drink. But whether or not that was it or not, um, he definitely wanted money. And so he, there's yeah. signs all over the station saying Garibaldi is, yeah. is being, uh, you know, there's a reward out for him at this point. So Yeah. Yeah, but definitely it was a it was an episode about Garibaldi, about breaking him down. Uh, we learned more about him. And, you know, even with everything that he went through, he hit rock bottom. He was still Garibaldi. So yeah. he solved the case. He saved everybody. He did his job. He was forgiving to Liana. Like he, you know, didn't matter what he went through, he was still Garibaldi at the end. Like if if there had to be a lesson here, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's that, you know, we are composed of many different parts and, and you can take, you know, some of those parts away and you can still be you and you can also make mistakes and you can still be you. And Right. You can still be a good guy, even yeah. though you drink when you're in a, in a need for a coping state. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can be sober and fall off the wagon and then, get back on the wagon, you know, there's, yeah. And that's an important message because so yeah. many people feel like when you fall off, that's, you know, it, it, that's for someone who stayed sober for a long time, yeah. getting back up is such a, like such a trial and, and push because you, you know, when you think about how they celebrate, you know, five years sober. And then if it comes down to now, I've, now I've fell off the wagon again. Yeah. Um, that's such a devastating fall. Yeah. And to get back up again and to portray getting back up again is really important. Obviously, we didn't see him fall far, far away. Yeah. But we did see him fall. And, and I I don't know. Having people like that on TV is important for people who go through those things, I think. Yeah. I, I watched the re- a show recently and a character went through some stuff at the end of the episode. He had a drink or... It didn't show us if he had the drink or not. He was just staring at the bottle. The episode ends. And we don't find out until two or three episodes later that he has been drinking since that time. And and then they, they deal with it. But I don't expect Babylon 5 to do that just because, I mean, it's possible. But I still don't expect that to to be a thread that continues just because this feels like one of those black and white moments. Like we we got the message, we saw what we were gonna see, and I don't think. I mean, it could be, but I don't. I don't expect this to be an issue that Garibaldi and the and the the station is dealing with in the near future. Well, in terms of the overarching story, it sets up that that no matter what goes down, Jeff is always gonna back Garibaldi, and Ivanov is always gonna back Jeff. It kind of sets that precedent. Not that we haven't already had that before, but now we're saying basically we're friends thick and thin. I'm going to take care of you in in the midst of all this. I'm worried about you when you're gone. I'm worried about the things that could happen to you. I'm constantly looking for you. You know that that's 
that's a staple of friendship. And so basically saying that Sinclair is not going to give up on Garibaldi. When I feel like in previous episodes, they've all earned each other's trust. Yeah. You know, we've seen, we've seen them build that up. Cause like Ivanova was kind of new, right? We know that she wasn't, she, she's kind of new on the station. We know that Garibaldi and Sinclair have known each other for way longer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I got confused for a second. I was confused with the Orville where <laughs> where the captain and the pilot have known each other since school. Remember? Yeah. I think it's a very, I mean, it's not quite school, but it's a very similar relationship. Yeah. I yeah. I think they've known each other for a while. I, I, I got my sci-fi shows crossed for a second. Yeah. Sorry. It's easy to do. <laughs> it's easy to do. Yeah, we don't we don't quite know where Ivanova and uh, Sinclair pick up together. We know they had a relationship prior to the ship, prior to being on Babylon Five, I think. Do we? I don't. I don't recall. I thought we did. All right. Well, maybe we don't. Because she, I know she wasn't in the pilot, and so no, she was not in the pilot. Yeah, and so we know that she she has that position. You know, it's more recent. That she's, that she's taking on that role. Yeah, yeah. I might have to. I might have to do some research on that. I'm not. I'm not certain about whether or not Ivanova and Jeff had a previous relationship, but I, I thought they knew each other prior to this. Man, we're 12 episodes into the podcast, which means that there's already way too much information to keep track of. <laughs> 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 this is a good sign. It is a good sign. It's. Uh, it's excellent. I'm really enjoying our, our discussion about Babylon 5. Yeah. yeah. Um, this one doesn't take us off the deep end. It just kind of puts some things in perspective. No, no, it's but good. that's okay. Yeah. That's yeah. okay, yeah. So, uh, is there anything else that you remember from the episode that, that stuck out to you? No, no. I, think I like seeing Earth Force 1. Yeah, yeah, Earth Force 1. It's a uh. neat ship. <laughs> There was there was a part where they were like in an elevator, like a like a shuttle, moving yeah. through. I think it was technically it's an elevator, but it was moving like horizontally uh, instead of vertically. And there was a screen behind them. Uh huh. That was like the worst looking scene in the entire episode. <laughs> they look so blurry. You know the people in front. Yeah. I am. I'm convinced that there's some sort of. Maybe not a remaster, but there's some sort of cleaning that they've done on these files to bring them up to HD. And those scenes with the CG, they did not spend the money on like raising, on like fixing those at all. So when there's a mixture like that, whoa, that was that was hard to look at. That was a reminder because yeah. again, there's some other scenes that look beautiful. Like it's like, oh, they cleaned this up really nicely. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, that, that that one stood out. But other than that, I think we covered everything. I, I can't believe we haven't seen the president. Um, I think, uh, yeah, we covered we covered everything. We did see a game in this episode, by the way. Oh, well. that's right, that's right, that's right. This I'm very hyper aware of it now. I forgot. For, I forgot for those about listeners that. Listeners who didn't, who haven't listened to Rolling for Change, recently, Hostway and I, uh, and uh, Brian talked about uh, use of of games in media. So here we have uh, in this particular episode, we have almost like. Uh, like hollow chess, but it's it's actually like, uh, like two like, medieval like knights, two knights, two medieval yeah. knights fighting. 
Yeah. Um, so combination video game. Uh, Hollow Knights, right? That like holograms. Sure, we'll call it Hollow Knights. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually a really good game called Hollow Knight. Um, okay. Yeah. It has nothing to do with medieval knights, but. Um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I completely forgot about that. I completely forgot to mention that. Yeah. Rolling for Change on the Geek Therapy Network about games. Wonderful conversation we had. Obviously, this stood out. <laughs> yes. Obviously, yeah. those holograms were put in after the fact because people were looking at in eight different directions at that table. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that. You're much more. You're much better at catching these details than I am. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> yep. There and they were like placing bets, so it seemed to be. It was almost like a, like a dogfight or a cockfight, more than than a game. People were moving money. So, like nobody actually controlling it, more like two AIs fighting one another. Yeah, yeah. Or it could have been. And the crowd. It could have been live footage from the medieval times of the future. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) maybe, maybe hologram knights is like the MMA of 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 that time. You know, in three hundred years, we're gonna be watching people dressed up as medieval knights fighting, and people will be taking bets. Boxing I like is the gone. idea that somewhere on the Zocalo, there's a medieval knights. Yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> we we keep discovering new parts of the ship. I, exactly. I look at the model, I'm like, that ship looks really small. But then, you know, it's way bigger on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we will be looking forward to the outcome of the next episode which kind of kind of follows this one so uh, I'm looking forward to our next discussion same here yep all right so thanks for listening to conspiracy of light and uh, we'll see you next time Mm -hmm.